Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are going to break down the film of Bryce Hall, who is more than likely, barring some sort of move that we're not anticipating, going to be the number one cornerback for the New York Jets in 2021. Wild, because he didn't even play half a season in 2020, came off that injury, and obviously as a fifth-round pick going into year number two, it's not ideal that he would be the number one corner, but it's looking that way. However, having said what I just said, there are some positives, quite a few of them in fact, that make you believe that Bryce Hall could have a really nice year number two. So we're going to get into his film and then talk about projections for this season and especially within the Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbricht defense with our man Luke Grant, who of course does the film on our YouTube channel, Play Like a Jet, and is the co-host of the Play Like a Jet live show every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock on you stadium with Clayton Smarslock. Luke, what's up, brother? Not too much, Scott. Looking forward to jumping into some hall. He was a guy that I really liked pre-draft and was excited when they brought him in in the fifth round in, in 2020. So looking forward to doing it. Camp just around the corner. Everything's about to heat up. Yeah, we both like Bryce Hall a lot, and I remember us having a conversation about what a steal he was in the fifth round, and it was kind of similar to what we've been saying about Hamza Nasraldine this offseason. He went in the sixth round, and there were projections that he could have gone as high as the second round before that injury, the ACL. Bryce Hall, same thing, he had that really bad injury, and so he ends up dropping from what could have been the second round all the way down to the fifth. And so let's get into why he was so highly touted because I think that if you watch his 2020 tape, you see a lot of what you saw on the University of Virginia tape. And I want to start with his instincts. I'm not saying he's Darrell Revis, but I think he has well above average instincts for a corner. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. When he was at Virginia, 
two things kind of stood out for me from on tape and they, they translated last year as well. But the first thing you mentioned was the instincts when he's playing in zone coverage, which allows you to play more with your eyes in the backfield, read and react to the quarterback and where he's looking with his eyes. He's terrific at that has really good feel for route concepts, understanding what the wide receiver is trying to do to him based on his leverage. So that uh, football IQ and uh, instincts are definitely off the charts. The other thing that jumped out to me when he was in college was just his length at the catch point. Um, he's so disruptive, disruptive when he gets that arm out in front. Had so many pass breakups in 2019 before he had the leg injury in 2020. Sorry, the back half of 2019. So uh, really impressed me in those two categories. As I said, I think in zone, he was one of the best corners in the entire draft and he wasn't injured. He was a top 60 pick, top 50 pick for sure. So to, for the Jets to get that value in the fifth round, I think was outstanding. Um, a really good move by Joe Douglas. And hopefully it starts to pay dividends this year because as we both mentioned, he was pretty good the back half of last year. And if he can build on that and be that stalwart in the Jets secondary, which is pretty young, that would be a big win for us. Luke, can you tell me a little bit about how those two traits that you just discussed manifested themselves on his 2020 tape with the Jets? Yeah, for sure. So I look at particularly games against the Rams, uh, the Dolphins, uh, also against the Browns, where Greg Williams played a lot of cover two. He'd have the two high safety shells and Bryce Hall would be playing on the left-hand side of the formation at that corner spot and he's playing the flat. And when you're doing that, there were so many times when Bryce Hall would have the ability to get great depth on his drop, pass someone out of his zone. So in cover two, let's say, the number two, the slot receiver is going vertically. He'd pass him off to the safety and then shift back into his zone and wrap a tackle and just had a really good IQ and awareness. And the play that stands out the most was against the LA Rams, that one-handed interception he had against Jared Goff. And what he did incredibly well was bait a veteran quarterback into making a throw that he wanted him to make. People so often misconstrue that defensive players don't have the ability to impact and force an offensive player to do something. They're just reading and reacting. Well, he actually forced Jared Goff to make that throw. He understood that the crossing route was coming into his zone. He had good depth on the sideline and then forced Goff to throw it, use that leverage, picked the ball off with his right hand and returned at 30 yards down the field. So you definitely saw a lot of examples, particularly in zone coverage. And that's something you're going to hear me talk a lot about with um, Bryce Hall and hopefully there's a, there's a big discussion going on at the moment whether there'll be more a cover two, cover four quarters defense or there'll be more cover three, cover one. I think it's going to be a mixture, but Bryce Hall will definitely be the beneficiary of playing more zone coverage. I'm not saying he's bad in man, but those two things we just talked about, which are his instincts and his disruption at the catch point, they're much more prevalent in zone coverage. Um, talking about the latter, uh, which was disruption at the catch point, sometimes in man coverage, he wasn't in the best positioning. Uh, he'd lose a step, but he's able to catch up and recover using length. Some players you see, they use makeup speed and quickness and, and great fluidity in space. That's not Bryce's game. It's more getting in a good position because of his brain and then using his length to break up the pass. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Luke, something that I noticed when watching Bryce Hall is that he's not the best athlete on the field. He's not somebody with blazing speed. But as you said, the arm length, the instincts, 
and the physicality. You put all of that together, and I think that's what makes him an impressive corner. Plus, you get into his work ethic and everything that we talked about after the draft last year. And if you didn't listen to those shows, you can go ahead and find them in the archives. We did an entire show with a reporter who covers the Virginia Cavs, and he talked all about everything that Bryce Hall used to do in terms of preparation and work habits. But Luke, when you take those things into account and you look at his physicality, that's what really pops, right? Definitely. I want to echo what you said. And this is why I wasn't concerned about the leg injury coming out of colleges. Bryce Hall wasn't a guy that relied on speed and quickness. He wasn't someone who needs to be an elite athlete to have success because that's his skill set and that's what he does. It'd be like Deshaun Jackson having all these soft tissue injuries. That's a concern for him because his game's predicated around that. But with Bryce Hall, it's uh, football intelligence, it's physicality. Uh, it's being able to put his nose down in the run game, blow up a wide receiver and get in the backfield for a screen. All of those kind of things, that's what you saw on tape. So that's why the, the leg injury wasn't a huge concern to me. Uh, and, and that was littered all over the tape. Um, and I, I just can't wait to see how he's worked into this defense as hopefully the corner one. And I have a few different comparisons, pro comparisons that I see in his game. And I'm excited to see if they plan, pan out in 2021. We're going to get into those pro comparisons in a little bit. But first, I want to ask you how you think that Bryce Hall is going to fit in this Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich defense. What do you think they ultimately end up doing with him? And what do you foresee in terms of production out of him throughout the 2021 season in this new defense? So much of it is going to be based on what they do defensively, if it's going to be more of the two high or the single high looks, as I mentioned before, Scott. But I think he's going to play one side of the field a little bit like we saw out of Richard Sherman through his whole career, whether that's in cover two or cover three, having his butt to the sideline, eyes in the backfield. That's where he's best. And I think Robert Sulla understands that that's where football is going. And that's also going to be the best way to utilize the, the entire cornerback, never mind just speaking on Bryce Hall. So I think he's going to play that one side of the field. He's going to be on the field every single snap as the best corner. I don't think there's going to be a debate there when the, when the season comes to a conclusion as far as expectations look i think he's a guy who can have three four five interceptions because of his ball skills and because of those vision and instincts that we keep talking about he's not just the raw athlete that's going to try and mirror and match and try and break up a couple of passes he's a guy who if he's playing in zone and has his eyes in the backfield he's going to make plays he did it at virginia he picked off danny dimes a number of times when they played duke You saw it with that interception against Goff in 2020. He has the ball skills. He has the vision and that cerebral nature to his game. So I think my expectations for him is to get uh, turnovers because he is that guy. That's his profile, both athletically and mentally. If he can get three or four turnovers, interceptions, I think that would be a really good stepping stone to launch him into year three. You mentioned before the NFL comparisons. Who do you have in mind for those? I think of James Bradbury, who uh, signed with the Giants from Carolina last year. So a guy who plays really well in cover two, some good things in cover three and four as well. Uh, He's six foot one, speaking about Bradbury now, 211 pounds. Uh, But he wasn't a blazer out of college either. I think he ran in the mid four fives. And his skill set, his athletic comparison, I think they're both really similar and comparable to Bryce Hall. And I think their skill sets... Uh, match nicely and if we can get similar production out of Bryce Hall and that career trajectory which has just been improving year on year getting better and better playing within a good scheme I think that would be really helpful 
Um, even someone like Tredavious White, he's not as good an athlete as Tredavious White, but Buffalo played a lot of cover four traditionally a couple of years ago, and that's something we saw more out of Sulla in 2020. So if the Jets do that, Bryce Hall in off coverage, even though when a receiver goes vertical in cover four, it's kind of more of a man look. He still has that ability in off. Uh, his back pedal's really smooth. So especially James Bradbury, he's a comp I like, but I think those guys who excel in zone and have an iron knack for the football, they're, they're who I see the most of Bryce Hall in. Let's talk a little bit now about specifics from the tape. I ask you about this every time we do one of these breakdowns, but any specific matchups that you saw that really stood out to you either positively or negatively involving Bryce Hall and some of the guys he was shadowing this past year? Yeah, there was uh, some really nice snaps against um, the Los Angeles Chargers. I always have to pause when I go to say San Diego, but when he played the Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams had some really good reps against them. I tried to look at some of his man coverage because that's where I think he's a little more limited. And the thing that kept standing out to me when he was just losing to Mike Williams, for example, or to Keenan Allen in that game was his positioning was actually fantastic. He had nice outside leverage or depending on what the defense was, he was in a good position. He just didn't get his head around quite in time or he lost because of physicality at the stem of the route and he just wasn't quite ready and the receiver pushed off a little bit or something like that. He lacked a bit of that nuance and that veteran savvy in man coverage. But it was pleasing to me against those you know higher caliber receivers that he was still in good position. Um, a couple of plays against the Rams, talking about cover two, I already mentioned the Goff interception. There was one play, he's playing cover two, and he's talking to the safety, communicating with Marcus May, and they run this little bubble screen out to the wide receiver, and Hall's instincts and ability to read, diagnose, and react were really special. Like He was in the backfield making the tackle on the wide receiver after he just caught the ball, and it's that kind of ability that I love from him because you know he's a grinder who watches the tape, and you talked about in that pod in the offseason just after the draft that that's who Bryce Hall is. He's a film rat. He'll grind it, and you saw that translate on the field because when you mix that ability with his mental uh, side of the game, that's when you get a special player in coverage. And that was a play that really stood out for me because I love seeing that cerebral nature of Bryce Hall's game. And, and there was a few of those on the tape. So uh, look, he had a shortened season, obviously, Scott. He wasn't on the field as much, so he didn't get as many matchups. But I looked at those two because both the Chargers and the Rams have really good receiving cores. And there were some really nice plays in both man and zone. Luke, I mentioned earlier that most people believe that Bryce Hall will be the number one cornerback on this team. I don't know that he's necessarily a number one caliber cornerback, at least not yet, but he's probably the best they have. Do you agree with that statement when you look at everybody that they have right now at the cornerback position, barring some sort of crazy move, either a signing or a trade, do you think for sure that Bryce Hall is the best corner on this team right now? I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, I think the second outside corner slot is just an absolute coin flip at the moment. When you're looking at guys like Brandon Eccles and Jason Pinnock and Bless Austin and Lamar Jackson, I think Hall is very clearly a higher caliber player than them. And uh, look, he, he, he isn't a, a corner one right now, that's for sure. He isn't, you know, in league NFL wide standards anyway, but I think he has the potential to be a fantastic outside corner um, and if things go his way and he plays well within the scheme, I think he's going to have a really strong year and he'll grade out in the 60s or early 70s with PFF and just keep on building into year three, year four. And I think we can see him develop into that, even though he's not quite there yet. Luke, one aspect of his game that I don't think we talked about and doesn't get enough discussion is his tackling. He's a really shorthanded tackler, right? 
it stands out on film so much when you watch a guy like Bless Austin to then go and watch Bryce Hall on the other side. Bless Austin is a guy who will scream up. He'll come racing to the line of scrimmage, won't slow down his feet, and will try and ankle tackle. Bryce Hall, number one, is really good uh, at slowing down his feet. And what I mean by that is not racing into contact and overstriding. And then if someone changes direction, you've just got no chance to actually move with them. So he does that really well and breaks it down. And then, yeah, he's got that length. His tackle zone is a little bit higher between the knees and the and the hips. So he has a lot of uh, potential to be a really good tackler. Uh, he's really strong in that area. He didn't miss many last year. And I don't anticipate that ever being a problem for him. So it's an added bonus for a corner, especially when you're playing zone and trying to keep everything in front of you. If you're in man coverage like Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie, were, being a strong tackler probably isn't a great thing because it means you're getting beaten a lot. But in coverage, if you're keeping things in front of you and you can break it down and get there and wrap, that's going to be a big positive for him. Do you see him as somebody that could be a major asset in zone and man? Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be a liability in man, but I... Because of the, the physical limitations we've talked about, and some of that may have been the ankle, but really I saw a similar athlete at Virginia anyway. I don't think he's ever going to excel there, but I think he can do a job for you for sure. And if you're playing cover four where it becomes man coverage or if you're playing cover one man, he can definitely be solid and dependable and someone you don't have to worry about. But is he going to be the guy that matches up against Julio Jones and you know AJ Brown and all those guys? Probably not. In zone, definitely, I see him as a high-caliber player with a really high ceiling. But I think Robert Sala, Jeff Albridge, they're smart enough to tailor this defense around that. They understand that we don't have the man corners here to put pressure on people and make them play an island. So while I don't think he'll ever be the best man coverage corner, I think he'd be fine, but it's really just going to be a limited role in this defense as a whole. Luke, we talked about his strengths and weaknesses. We talked about how we think he's going to fit in the Salah Ulbrich defense. We talked about the fact that we both believe he's, in all likelihood, the best cornerback on this roster. And we also talked about the expectations that we have for him going into 2021. But I want to know what you think the prevailing thought is going to be once 2021 is over. Because me personally, after watching his tape at Virginia before last year and then watching his Jets tape after the games that he played this past year, knowing what I know about his work ethic and his character, my assessment is that it's likely that we come out of 2021 with him having proven that he's a starting caliber cornerback but probably not the number one type of guy, and you will need to get an upgrade across from him to be the number one guy. But I think that he could very well finish 2021 having given Jets fans a lot of confidence that he can be a legitimate starting cornerback for the next five to ten years. Do you agree? I completely agree, Scott. I think I, I anticipate that when the season rolls to, a, to an end and 2021 is in the books, we'll go into the offseason saying, got no issue about Bryce Hall. All we need is, man, can you imagine if we get that one corner? If we get a top 10 pick, for example, can you imagine if we can go up and get Derek Stingley and we can have him as our corner one and Bryce Hall opposite him? Because while Bryce Hall might be the 20th or 25th best cornerback one, when you shift him and trickle him down to corner two, then suddenly you've got a top 10 player at that position. And that's what people need to realize about receiver and corner is you have a flow-on effect. And if you can get that number one, well, then that makes your number two even better as well. So I, th I agree with you. I think 
it's going to be a position where you can live with him as your number one. But man, if you can upgrade in that 2022 offseason, then you're looking at getting a really good secondary group, see what happens with Marcus May. But I think that will be how people are feeling and the general consensus around Bryce Hall. Luke Grant, who is, of course, our man doing the film over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel and co-host of Play Like a Jet Live Wednesday nights on U Stadium with Clayton Smarslock. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Bryce Hall's film with me and also going through your projections and expectations for him in 2021. Really appreciate it. For those that aren't checking out the YouTube channel, let them know what they can check out there and what you've got coming up later on and also talk about what you plan to do with Clayton on Play Like a Jet Live as we get into training camp and then, of course, into the regular season. Yeah, we've got some really nice videos up at the moment on the YouTube channel. So just type in Play Like a Jet on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, turn on the notification bell, all that kind of stuff. Um, We've got a really good one on the top five training camp battles for the Jets, four or five positions where guys are fighting not just for playing time, but to be the starter. So that's a really interesting discussion, especially with camp looking to kick off just in three or four days' time. Uh, We have some breakdowns on Mekhi Becton, Quinn and Williams, all the draft picks. And then shifting to play like a jet live, just looking forward to breaking down and getting into the camp stuff, looking at who's performing, projections, and then turning our attention to preseason games because within three or four weeks, we're going to have live reps and live bullets for the first time in, you know, seven, eight months. And I can't wait for that. So Clay and I'll break that down every Wednesday night, seven o'clock or sometimes 7.15. So make sure you're checking that out too. Make sure you check out everything that Luke and Clayton are doing. I play like a jet live Wednesdays at seven o'clock or as Luke said, sometimes seven fifteen with you stadium. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and watch all of Luke's film breakdowns. He's got breakdowns for a ton of players on the team, including most of the rookies, Michael Carter, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, so much more. It's all up there right now on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. And make sure that you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.